Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster, Ralph Terry Bash, MD. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Danny Stevens. Danny's Reasons. And Andy Brandt Bernard. <laughs> we will be right <laughs> There's Danny's Reasons and Andy Coughing. So it all works out in the end. That's the name of girl. Andy Coughing. <laughs> Andy Coughing. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Uh, a friend of mine for, about, what, 45 years now? 40 years at least. Huh. Always I like you. Unbelievable. They settled down, Danny. I did. <laughs> Big cons- yeah, consider your heroes. You only- <laughs> yeah, think you're here. Yeah, that's right, exactly. I did. He was always quiet and got the job done. And- Ooh, wait a minute. Let's We'll take a break. Be right back. We're going to kick this off. It's going to be unbelievable. Be right back, Tom Bernardo. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people or dirt bags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at DougAtWalzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, Do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Dr. Basham's here. Dr. Fashion. Yep. I like Dr. Fashion. Danny Stevens. Dr. Fashion. Maybe I'll start to Dr. Fashion rather than Hackmaster. Dr. Fashion. I can do it. We like it. Dr. Fashion, Dr. Basham. It all works out in the end. Ladies and gentlemen, once in a while, 
I, I walk down a hallway and there's somebody I haven't seen in a while, but somebody I've known for years and years. Today that happened. I was walking down the uh, hallway here. And there's Bob Sansevier. I tried to avoid Bob, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, we all do. <laughs> Try to, to end around him. But, there, you know, as soon as I saw the back of your head, I went, God, that's Danny. Danny Stevens. Charlie's Cafe came up last night. As a matter of fact, Ooh. we were talking to some people last night about Charlie's Cafe. That was uh, what Dennis brought up, Charlie's, right? Yes, we were we were reminiscing about the lack of decent restaurants about you know thirty oh God, forty years ago. Agreed. Forty years. I ago. love that lazy Susan. Could we used to go there with Joe? McFadden. Yeah, we did. Joe McFadden. And I yep. loved the liver pate. That oh, was the liver pate, phenomenal. That's it was. But by coincidence, we're talking yesterday with Dennis at East Side about uh, about Charlie's Cafe Exceptional and Harry's back in the day and Murray's and. You know how there were only a few restaurants that were any good in town. There were a couple other ones, but now there are tons of good restaurants. But That's I was true. thinking about you last night because of that. How weird is <laughs> and that? And then you pop right up. <laughs> but, but it happened to me again today, and some other thing came up. And I was, oh, Rice Krispies. I was thinking about Rice, Rice Krispies last night. Why? Because I tried them a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and I didn't like them. And I loved them as a kid. Oh, but yeah. I But I didn't really like them this time. really good with a little honey. Well, apparently they're bringing strawberry crispies back. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Oh, terrible. Oh, not a bit processed. They're artificially colored. Yeah. Artificially well, colored that's, strawberry crispies. jam is really bad for your cereal. But literally, <laughs> I, last night I was thinking about Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies brought up this morning. Last night we talked about Charlie's Cafe Exceptional. Phenomenal restaurant. Yes. Great place. So I thought of Danny Stevens, Joe McFadden, uh, Tom Gorman running down the whole list of people. Yeah. I walk in today, and here's Danny. And Danny and I, I was thinking, I've known you at least 42 years, at least 42 years, because 1976. And you helped me get my first job in the record industry. When you left for Capital EMI, you talked and gave yeah. a great build-up no, for well, me on that Areola. Fun. That was fun. Yeah. Areola America was a German label, and their, their American offices is Areola. Don't look at me, because I know it's a yeah. nipple. And what <laughs> Are we allowed to mention the name? Yeah. Well, what does areola mean in German? A I R O L A. Well, it's not spelled the same. Was it work or something like that? I think it is something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's. I can a, find a, out. A A R I O L A. Yep. A R I Areola America. Right, and you had oh, oh. me push a friend of yours, Gene Cotton. Cotton. Love like Gene Cotton. Like a Sunday Cotton. in Salem. Sunday in Salem, great song. What do you yeah. Mean push him. Uh, promote it oh, oh, on that oh, because he oh, was no. very good oh, friends with oh, Gene. In fact, the last time you were on stage before he went to Capitol was at Northrop, and yep, you were an MC yep. and you brought him up. Gene, Gene. Cotton up and da, da, da. had a great song called "Before My Heart Finds Out." Great song. How about the one with uh, Betty Davis eyes with Betty Davis with the, uh, she uh, sang Kim, with him? Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. This was an era, ladies and gentlemen, 1976, 1977. I, nobody would hire me in radio. They were sick of me, <laughs> so they wouldn't hire me. So I went in the record business because of Bo and Cliff Siegel. Yep. And people on the show know uh, that Cliff Siegel is now Lauren Siegel. Uh, Cliff transitioned. Uh, he did the first transgender traffic report in the history of American <laughs> radio on the KQ Morning Show, which is phenomenal. But you look back at that era. God, we... I'm not saying we owned the town, but damn. <laughs> it was important. Well, it was remember close. it was that era, like, uh, you helped me with the country, but you'd go, Danny, 
you're the one that goes to the discos every night. <laughs> well, the of Oz over in St. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I would St. promote Paul. his things, you know, <laughs> and he'd help me back in the Sioux Falls. It was and great. The Dakotas and that with. The last time, because right now, if you're not watching on YouTube, right now, Danny is sitting next to Catherine. And in 19, so when, so when did you start at Area? Like, about 77, wasn't it? Yeah, it would be right around that era. Yeah, I think yeah. it was 77. We're at Danny's house. Or no, wait a minute, we're at Joe no, McFadden's Joe house. McFadden's we're at Joe winter. McFadden's house. And, and back then, it was a compact Rolls Royce that Danny was driving. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful Rolls Royce. I'll never, that was a great car, man. Danny, you should explain to people that your band... Danny's reasons was huge, the well, big thank band. You. Well, no, it's true though. It's a big. Everybody knew that band. Everybody loved that band. You did very, very well. You know, your house over there, uh, nor, near downtown, was not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes went up. Ah, uh, yes, they did. When I when I moved in, my dad said, "Look, rent the carriage house, rent the maids' quarters, and you'll live here free the rest of your life." Well, within five years, my taxes yeah. went from thirty-five hundred to sixty-two thousand. What? <laughs> I said, "What world are you living in, Dad?" Exactly. Two hundred dollars a day. Yeah, I I had to then rent that stuff for a little yeah. bit higher. But I had a neighbor across the street, Peter Dorsey from the Peter Dorsey, Dorsey Law Firm, sure. yep. and Danny says, "Look, I'll get you people that are coming in to be executives at major companies, and they'll lease it for a certain while." And uh, one of them he brought was uh, the Guthrie and uh, Christopher Plummer. Oh, God, I love him. He was doing Cyrano de Bugiac at the Guthrie. Huh. They said, can we rent that? Because he doesn't like taking a taxi or driving oh. to the Guthrie. I said, sure. Walk. So I'm there, and along comes Natalie Wood later. And she was married to a different person than Robert Wagner. I think his name was Michael Lessig or something like that. Oh, yeah. And he didn't kill her. So that's good. No, he was uh, <laughs> uh, floating wood elsewhere. That thing, <laughs> that thing was, that thing just came up again, by the way. Natalie Wood's murder, they think it is. It just came up again like a month ago. I saw it on the, uh, yeah, right. like the Inquirer or whatever magazine it was. But, but it was, yeah, they ran it on, you know, CNN and Fox and all those as well. But so, so the group of people... It was it was all of the people at, at Capital, which would be EMI, Aerial America distributed, UA was distributed, the Seagulls were WIA, which was Warner Brothers, Electra, Atlantic, they yep. and all that stuff. And Joe's called. That's my mine, Sonny. Sorry, I was just waiting for Alex to call me. Oh, it's Mitch Dolan. Damn it! <clears throat> I love Mitch Dolan. He he was the president of ABC. Uh, Radio when uh, back in the day when I started at KQRS. Oh, Mitch wow. Dolan, great guy. But in any case, <clears throat> so we knew everybody. And then of course Buddy Bangert, who I understand Buddy, is no yep. longer with us. Oh. oh, I didn't know he had passed away. I had heard that he that he had passed away. And then I once in a while I still see Gary Wisner, who was the epic guy. Yep. I see him on uh, pop up on different things. But we literally got everything done in the 10-state area, and none of us ever worked. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, we all helped each other, too. Yeah, that's exactly why. If I didn't really have a product, a prime example, you had somebody that was there, bigger. So I would lay back on John Mellencamp yep, yep. and say, take Tom this week and hit me next week. And they'd go, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So the great. radio... Program directors and that weren't caught into that. Well, God, I got to do this for Tom right. or Danny, and okay. it, was no, it was a great. very, very mellow. 
And we did party a lot. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, we, it was yes, normal parties. Back day, oh, no, day. I don't think. No, no, no. No, I'm going to take issue. Those were not normal parties. <laughs> no. no. They may have been normal at your level, but to most people, they were not normal parties. You know, I, I met great. Joe McFadden at a party. When, uh, do you remember his name? Bruce Gerhardt mean anything to you? Yes, I, Bruce, I don't know him, but I, he he, he oh. was he was did you did your jobs after you did, and he worked under. Well, he was Joe a McFadden. branch manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. No, but he yeah, was. He did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, yeah. he was here, and he he repped the the CDs going into Target, Best Buy, oh, okay. Musicland at the yep. time. And and the Dan party, and I were still vinyl. <laughs> yeah, you lucky CDs. <laughs> exactly. And he and he, you know, I went to a party with him, and the wine that was served there was no ordinary party. So I, you know, having been there, so there was there was a little bit of liquidity in that business that uh, you the, enjoyed. Back in me. the expense account days. Oh God. Oh, oh yeah. God. I won't rat him out, but I will tell you this: uh, I knew this guy's boss, big label, big big label. And I, he calls me, he goes, hey, man, I'm coming to town to see my rep. And I'm like, oh, good. Don't. Does he know? He goes, no, I'm going to surprise him. Don't tell him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he gets to town. Uh, the local guy picks him up. What this guy had been doing is back in the days, he had a little tear tag on the bottom of, of checks from restaurants. Yep. So you would just you know, sign it yep. off and put it on your expense account and everything would be good. So apparently uh, my friend, who I shall not name, Ate almost every night at Anthony's restaurant. Okay, uh, the guy gets here, and you would know him if I said his name. He's a very, very big name. Okay. He goes. He lands and he says to my buddy, well, "What are we gonna do tonight?" And he goes, "I don't know. Do whatever you want." And he goes, "Let's go to Anthony's, man. You must love that place." <laughs> Anthony's was oh, a, Anthony's was a men's clothing store. <laughs> oh my God. Remember the, the yep. The, it was uh, the Elks where we played. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly it. It was unbelievable. Yes, I'll uh, any day now. I'll come. Yeah, he 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 wanted to go to Anthony. He goes, oh, you know what? I think they're they're uh, adding on, so they're under construction. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh Feeble God. Excuse. He's writing off every his underwear, his socks, his pants. He everything. wrote off everything. It was unbelievable. You're right. There was a guy when we were at. Capital that would go to Anthony's, yes, because they had yep. uh, Daniel Shagan shirt collars, and then he went into the Christian music. You're right. Yeah, he tried to buy right. all the Daniel Shagans up here. He could. Oh, it was so he, so yeah. cool back in the day because, like our A and R director, Capital was Bobby. Uh, what the hell was Bobby's like? Bobby Columbia, oh, uh, who used to be with Blood, Sweat, and Tears. You know, so Bobby and I get together, and he, I just saw him on TV. As a matter of fact, he looks a little older than we do. I told you, you look like your son. I went, oh, where's your nice. dad? When's he coming in? Yeah, nice try. <laughs> nice try. Um, I have a fun story that one of my parties. Loved your parties. Dick Shapiro calls me, and you were at this party. And I love says, Dick, too. I miss Dick. Uh, Danny, can we use the mansion for Hall & Oates party after they're done at North? I remember that, yep. Yep. And I said... Oh, okay. Who's paying for it? And he says, uh, RCA, and that was a friend of ours. Ron Geslin. Yeah, Ron. Ronnie Geslin, yep. So they're paying for the party. So what do I do? Because a partner of mine, when I was going to open up the depot slash First Avenue, was Mrs. Heffelfinger from PV Plaza. Yeah, sure. She calls up and says, Danny, I'm sending over a case of vodka to put in the freezer. And I go, why do you put vodka in a freezer? She says, well, it's like syrup then. I go, okay. Oh, can I bring my friend Mrs. Pillsbury? 
<laughs> so I said, do you think she'd like this party? I know you're outgoing, Mrs. Heffelfinger. But you think my friends are all outgoing. So she brings yeah. her up there, and they're up. I made it the VIP room was upstairs sure. past the Armored Knights. Eight armored knights. It's phenomenal. Oh, that's right. I remember that. I mean, this they was were a only mansion. good for my dog's urinating on, <laughs> on the way down. This was a mansion, I will tell you that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, it's Thank taxes. you. Thank yeah, you. It was. Oh, my God. And he's driving a Rolls Royce. We go to Joe McFadden's house. Catherine's driving a Chevrolet Vega. Vega. Yeah. A Chevy a Vega. Nice aluminum block. Yeah. Aluminum block, four, four like stroke, right? Wasn't it a four cylinder? $1,200. So oh. Danny, Danny leaves. It's a day. It was like 20 below or something. Yeah, it was cold. freezing. Danny leaves. He comes back and he goes, hey, Tom, is there any way you guys could give me a jump? My car won't stop. So I'm sitting there with my craptastic Vega jumping a Rolls Royce. Well, see, people forget that a Rolls and a Bentley have their batteries in the back, in the trunk. So on a cold day, that's a lot of surge to go back there to get it started. Yeah, absolutely. And you saved me because, (laughs) remember, we went all the way up to a gas station. (laughs) Almost pushy a little bit. (laughs) What a great time, honest to God. Yeah. But anyways, so we're upstairs on the VIP room. Yep. Here's Mrs. Pillsbury. Here's uh, Gary Flackney. Here's uh, Mrs. Heffelfinger. A lot of hoop-de-doos. And Peter Dorsey's up there. Mm-hmm. So Daryl Hall and John Oates come up. And I go to Mrs. Heffelfinger and Mrs. Pillsbury. This is Hall and Oates, who the party's for. And she goes... You guys are in the grain business too. <laughs> oh, oh, all and oats. Oh, Everybody yeah. in the room just split it. Kind of. oh, I know. Yeah. She Probably said, "Well, what's funny about that? No, that's the yeah. name of their yeah. band." Hall, oh, Holland. I thought they were also in the grain business. No, that's Cargill. This is Pillsbury. Cargill and Pillsbury. Well, Hugh Miller was there, so he was upstairs. Okay. Uh, he God and a friend days. of Tom's, and I forget his name, it was Mike, who were big executives uh, for um, Pickwick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Pickwick Records. All of a sudden, my home started looking like a place for people going, like Eric Paulson and them, when they're going through a divorce and all that. Yeah, they can stay at your house. Yeah, come and stay there, Danny's single. We talk about (laughs) Ira Heilacher. Ira Very well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Ira's. I went to school with some Heilichers. Amos, Amos was the one who started uh, Music Land and yep. all that stuff. Yeah, all that well, stuff. Well, between May, Amos and David Lieberman, a friend David of yours, Lieberman, sure, yeah. Didn't they control about sixty-five to seventy percent of the distribution in the United States of country? In the of country, wow. in the yeah. country. it was unbelievable. Yeah. Music Land did. He's glad that, yeah, and Lieberman. And, and Lieberman. Lieberman. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was... Out of Minneapolis. Yeah, and I, and I told I told Musicland, I told uh, Jack Eukster, who was the head of yep. Musicland. I remember time. Jack, yep. And uh, Larry Gaines. Larry Gaines was who there, Who was the too. blonde-haired guy that was his right-hand man? Do you remember? <sighs> no, I don't. Because he had a place by where the Cargill thing... Oh, we'll take a can quick take break. A break. Can you stay another segment? Sure. Excellent. We'll come right back because there's some great stories coming up. I'll tell you that. Be right back, Don Bernard. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff. 
It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? NX check. I'm going to get it today. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about X check. North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Danny Stevens, our very special guest, old friend. I've known him for 42 years. Unbelievable. Uh, Record business, Danny's Reasons, one of the biggest acts in the United States, uh, based out of here, as a matter of fact. Uh, We're just reminiscing all these different stories, all these different things. I remember you were talking about Charlie's Cafe. We were so white, and it's hard to explain to certainly millennials or probably anybody under the age of about 50 what Charlie's Cafe even was. It's now about a, what, a 20-story office building? Where It, it was. In fact, even Murray's put a Murray's restaurant <clears throat> yeah. in that building for yeah. a short period of time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Charlie's was a phenomenal. You probably won't remember this because you were well into your cups that night. You might remember <laughs> well, that. Well, <laughs> 50 sheets to the wind. I show up at Charlie's because we went there four or five times a week. Remember when I first met? Oh, yeah, it might have been closed by then. No, 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 we went there. No, I went there. Yeah, okay. So I show up, and I'm sitting there. Matter of fact, it was the night that Eric Carmen was there. I was having dinner with Eric yep. Carmen from uh, the Raspberries and then a solo artist. Yep. And very quick story before I get into the Danny part of it. We're having dinner with Eric Carmen. Tommy Gorman was uh, the Arista guy, and Eric Carmen was on Arista at the time. Tommy Gorman was the best man in Catherine and my wedding. So there's that deal. And Eric Carmen sitting there, and and Tom says, uh, uh, Tom Bernard, did you have you ever seen a picture of Eric Carmen's wife? And I said, no. I said, Eric, would you mind showing him a picture of your wife? And he shows me a picture, and she's a very attractive woman, really attractive. And Tom Gorman says, Eric, I got to tell you, you have a beautiful wife. And seriously, he said, yeah, she looks just like me. Oh, <laughs> oh you're kidding. and was it him? Uh, it was him. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was wow. him, definitely. Uh, she looks just like me. I'm like, okay. So I get up to go to the bathroom because I'm laughing at some guy who thinks his wife almost, might 
almost be as pretty as he is. <laughs> so oh, that's wow. Good. Nice guy, though. Eric Carmen was a very nice guy. Well, you and I were there at Charlie's one night where we were back with Joe. No, John. Remember John that had the position before Joe? Yeah, John Foley. Yeah. Yep, John Foley. Yep. We were there when Hermits Hermits were there. Eating. Yeah, that's right. God. It was unbelievable. And I'm like 25 years old at the time. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the waiter threw the bill down, and uh, Noonan picks it up, looks at it, and throws the money down on the floor. He said, well, you don't throw the bill down to me. And they got into a big row. We're oh over there. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm walking in the bathroom that night. Eric Garman, Tommy Garman's there. We're having a great time. And I see Danny sitting over. In a, in, there were like four or five rooms, I think. There was upstairs as well. But I see Danny sitting over there. So, so I, as I'm walking by, Danny goes, Tommy, come here. And I can tell by the way he says, Tommy, come here, that he's had a lot to drink. Because <laughs> we kind of all did back in those days. And there's a guy sitting with you. And I, I don't know who the guy is to this day. But he had kind of a scowl on his face, and you had been arguing about something. I don't know what it was, but you were not, a, you know, yeah. it wasn't boisterous, but you were arguing with him. So I walk over, hey, Danny, how's, he go how's it going? He goes, great, man. And he turns to the guy and he goes, he's going to kill you if you say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> you say that to me again, he's going to tell me going to kill you. What did he say to you? <laughs> he left. You don't he, remember? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Like I said, I... From my first home on Mount Curve to the second home, I had friends there, like Hugh McMillan from Cargill oh, sure. was there, and he's hiding out there with Susie, his uh, babysitter that he later married, oh. and, uh -oh. and I think that's who I might have been saying, I don't want any part of this. You got the key because his wife you was sending right. all oh, kinds yeah. of attorney letters and that, and I'm going, first of all, you're going to give up? A half a billion dollars for your babysitter, Susie? Yeah. You go, yeah, I can make more. I, guess I can make <laughs> more money, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, the McMillans can make more money. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Well, he used to always joke. He says, we're no different than my uncle. And I always go, Hugh, who, what uncle are you talking about? He goes, he was a prime minister of England. Yeah, yeah. 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 But other than that, yeah. yeah. I do miss Duncan McMillan, though. Duncan was a great guy. Really, really nice man. Very said, nice. This guy's a multi-billionaire, basically, by that time. Really nice man. I'm out at Rush Creek, and I come in one day, and he goes, comes up and he goes, Hey, Tom. I said, Yeah, Duncan. He goes, Are you mad at me? I said, No. Why do you think that? And he goes, Oh, I just wanted to shut. He always thought I was <laughs> mad at him for some reason, and I never was. He was the wow. sweetest, nicest man on earth. You know, he walked across the bottom of, of Lake Minnetonka wearing one of those diving suits with the hoses. Oh, you're kidding. He walked across the bottom of Lake Minnetonka. Wow. <laughs> How no, cool I didn't know that. Just because he wow. could. Just because he could. That's exactly right. But Danny, the parties we'd go to, Joe McFadden, all these people who we're talking about, it was nobody did anybody any harm. No. No one got hurt. No, we didn't. We always no had somebody fights. driving. No. Well, I might have been. <laughs> that might be. Most of the time, the chicks weren't there, except for wives. The chicks. <laughs> the chicks, man. <laughs> so only, only, or, 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 or 
the main squeeze. Yeah, uh, it was your main wife squeeze. or the main yeah, squeeze. Main squeeze. Right. You interchange. Very, very true. It wasn't date squeeze. night. That would, that would have been Friday night. Ah. Well, mine all oh, had God, visions of grandeur that they were going to be living with me in the house. Yeah, yeah, I could <laughs> and see I went, that. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, Sounds good. I could see that, absolutely. Man, it was fun to come over there yeah. and just all of that. And it was so weird, Danny, because, like I said, I was 25 years old. And I came from came out of North Minneapolis. All of a sudden, I'm hanging around with all these, like you said, the McMillans and the yeah. Cargill, Jim Cargill, and all, all these people you're talking about. I had no business being there at all. Yeah, you did. You were a superstar. <clears throat> oh God! Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I always think of him when I listen to your show. He should oh, yeah. be on that TV show called Botched. No. You should. <laughs> he goes, no. 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 Yeah, no. no, where they fix the people that had. Yeah, that's, that's, there's a real pathology there. Oh, is there? Okay. Well, well think it through. <laughs> they have people on that have serious psychiatric problems to promote themselves. Yes. Right. With the lips, the guy that had to have well, big that, or the kid, the kid that wanted to look like a Ken doll, now is dead from an overdose. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah, those, yeah. you know, and I find that kind of, uh, I, I, I think the ethics of that are really questionable. Well, so you I, have a great reputation in this city. Oh, well, very nice do. Say, except for with me, I tell the, people you're a jerk. <laughs> don't yeah. go there. <laughs> I can't afford to get past the stop sign in Wyzetta. That's it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We highly doubt that. People should know, by the way, you would not have First Avenue if it weren't for Danny Stevens. That's a really? fact. I didn't know you started It that. was a bus started depot. started as a depot. There's, that's what um, a friend of yours was leading up to talking, is First Avenue slash the depot didn't oh. come around the way that the book says it. No, it does not. No. It didn't. That's exactly no. right. And in fact, he was trying to favor Fingerhut a lot. What happened is when I was given the license, I saved Diamond Lills. Jack Dow owned oh, that God, property, yeah. and it was going yeah. downhill. He said, Danny, if you come in and play and build this up so I can sell it, which he later did to the Friars Club, uh, I'll give you a free Class A license. Well, in those days, you didn't move a license from here to there. It was in that ward or forget about it, and you didn't get them off the shelves. So that value was about $300,000. Yeah. So what happened? is I went in with Mrs. Heffelfinger as my partner in the city and naturally goes, yes, she's got the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. (laughs) And she called Bill Coors. I'm on the line with him, and she goes, Bill, I'd like to bring Coors beer here. Now, we're talking 1969 to 1970, uh, just a little bit before 70 at the end of the year. And she said, I'd like to bring it in. He says, well, PV, I'll do whatever you need, but you got to refrigerate it. She says... Don't you think I can buy refrigerators? He said, no, big ones. <laughs> big. She says, we'll have it. So she got sick. So then that's when Finger Hut came along. Right. Well, the problem I had, my dad grew up in North Minneapolis, not too far from where right. uh, Tom grew up. Right. And his uh, best friends were Bob Short that lived across the street. God. And Dick Short, who was the head of the liquor department, licensed for the yeah. city of Minneapolis. And... Uh, Dick grabs me and he says, PV is fine. Are you sure about Alan? And I said, he's got a lot of money. He says, no. St. Paul just got rid of, and we're on the process of getting rid of Kid Can. Oh, being God. tied to oh, all oh, the license. And now his, you're talking about some danger here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And I'm going, <laughs> like but I'm a young kid like you yeah, yeah. that had something given to me, and I go, 
I don't know who Kid Can is. Says, Isidore Bloomfield. I still don't know. He says, well, we're getting them out of most of our nightclubs because he had his tentacles, you know, to the, yeah, the thing there. And he says, Manny Fingerhut, I know he's made a lot of money, but we think he's involved there. I said, well, I don't know anything. He says, we're not too hip on this Allen guy. And I go, why? He said, well, some of the people that are around are big drug people. Yeah, back in that. And that was really not allowed at the time, but no. they got into it anyway. And it was Wilson Simons, Jock. God, Wilson Simons. Yeah, I saw he controlled him. it. Wilson Simons went to North High School. And I saw him throw a desk through the third store window because the teacher pissed him off. Yeah, the desk up they were gangsters. Oh, Wilson were, was a tough. Even tough though they man. were young, but they were gangsters. And I go, I'm sure he's not. So I fought hard to have Alan as my partner. Well, what happened? The night of picking up Joe Cocker and all the Mad Dogs, Leon Russell, and that, I took my Bentley out because I knew that. Joe and Leon Russell and some of them would want to ride back that way. And then they had a regular school bus. Well, I'm going to the bathroom in the men's room at the old Humphrey Airport. And all of a sudden, here comes Wilson and Jock. And they beat the shit up. Excuse me. That's right. uh, They beat the heck out of uh, Abby Rosenthal and shoved Alan around. And they said, Danny, you stay out of it. You're a night person. Go outside. Well, it was all about Alan had sold some shares. Oh, God. Because he wanted, excuse the expression, he wasn't a real attractive guy as far as bringing in the ladies. So that's where he got his drugs. And he was into them for a lot. But they gave him a lot of credit because they had ulterior motives. Wow. Motives were the national acts would buy from them. Yeah, right. And I'm uh, going, whoa. Kid Can, the guy that, that, that Danny just mentioned, one of his very dear friends was, was Bugsy Siegel. Yes. He, who used to come and play with him all the time. Oh, Danny, you knew that? Well, I know who Bugsy Siegel is. Yeah. You know but, who Kid Can is. Too, but Can know. was part of Maybe. the Murder Incorporate. He was, yeah, back in the day. The, the he, mafia, in fact, don't forget, he bought the uh, Fontainebleau in Florida yeah, for the that's honeymooners. Right. That's how yeah. much illegal money they were bringing in. Well, those guys made a ton of dough. It was unbelievable. Yep. And everybody feared them. Finally, the two cities got together and were moving them out little by little. Yeah, it was amazing. The mafia here was was Jewish. It was not yes. Italian. It was the syndicate. Don't know yeah. The syndicate, yeah. But it was, Ita- but it was Italian in St. Paul. Italian St. Paul, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah yep. you're right. In Minneapolis. But amazing, amazing. God, I just sit here and think about all these different things. But the first... Was it, it was the Depot, and then Uncle Sam's, and then Sam's. Right. Sam's, Sam's. And here's where the and book is wrong. you owned all three of those. Where the book is wrong is we have the papers. I didn't know this at the time. I was president of the corporation, and they did things around behind my back. Um, what had happened with the Depot, Alan sold. We didn't find uh, this out until a couple oh of years God. ago. <clears throat> And we got the papers. When the roof fell in, remember? I remember yeah. that, yeah. Papers yep. started appearing. Well, that's when I think... <laughs> they're up in the attic? They're up well, in the they're ceiling. upstairs, yeah, from way back then. Because remember when it fell in, was 2004, yeah. 2004. And we t- opened uh, <laughs> April 2000, uh, uh, one, 
1970. Yeah, when you well, if you if you're a racketeer and you're running numbers. Yeah. Yeah. The, all the all the books are in the wall. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard well, like those guys before. that own Studio 54. Yeah. Remember, yeah. they found millions yeah. and millions of dollars in the walls because they were hiding it. <laughs> well, that's when I started seeing little by little Ted Deichel. Oh, Ted had, Deichel. I haven't heard that name in years. Well, he, he has this one guy, and I said, Ted, I'm a night person. And they've come over to my house. They used to hang out at a restaurant on Hennepin. They're called Luigi's. Sure. He's a gangster. Why is he our manager? What, didn't we have a board meeting or something? He said he's <laughs> going to be there. And then I talked to Joe McFadden. Not yeah. Joe McFadden. Um, Sandino. That was the guy. And he says, Danny, just stay out of it. We're just trying to get Alan his money back. I said, what? Yeah. Uh, you know. So... Was Luigi's upstairs from, from Moby's or next door? Was which one? Uh, Luigi's, Luigi's, it was downstairs, main floor, next door to the Greater Nor Northern Food Fish. Oh, right across the street then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, okay. it was right next door. Yeah. And uh, across the street was the Gopher Theater, yep. uh, Bridgman's. Yep. God, and then the Hardy wonderful. Shoes and da da da. That was, yeah, the Hardy Shoes. They did, they did a fake version of Floresheim English yes. Walkers. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. They had a fake version of the English Walker. Wow. <laughs> you know, oh, we got to take a break. Yes. Right back. One more segment? One, sure. 15 more minutes. <laughs> but I don't want to take away from. No, no he'll be here. He's, then. Here, uh, he's fine. He's here every I'm like Tuesday. a wart. You're. <laughs> Can't get rid of it. When my wife hears that I. Uh, Ran into you. Oh, that's sweet to hear. You're, you're kind. You're a kind. Yeah, kid. but the problem is she'll look 20. Yeah, that's right. And leave me. <laughs> we'll be back in two minutes Sorry. more with Danny Stevens right after this Tom Bernard show. Tom Bernard here to tell you Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for the third segment with Danny Stevens, Danny's Reasons, going over all, all the different things uh, that went on in our lives and, and some of the names that you just brought up. I haven't thought of those guys in years. Some of the guys that, that Danny just brought up, if you think you've ever met a tough guy, you've never met a tough guy. <laughs> Unless you right. met those guys. Whoa. I mean, literally. Well, you had a guy from North Minneapolis. 
that beat Muhammad Ali at the time, Cassius Clay, yeah. for the Nationals out of uh, Phyllis Wheatley of Phyllis for the heavyweight Wheatley. championship. Oh, Leroy Bogart. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, you, right. had, you had Flea Jackson that was a lightweight cha world champion. And uh, then naturally, uh, the Irish guys from St. Paul, what were the Flanagans? The Flanagans, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful place to grow up. It was tough as hell, and yes. you didn't piss people off. I will tell you that. Yep. In North Minneapolis, you did not want to anger people. It's not a good idea. <laughs> not a good plan. But it also taught me to be afraid of nothing. If you, did, if you weren't afraid of those guys, you didn't have to be afraid of anything. Just because, hey, you know, you learn to get along. I think one of my problems, Keep them Danny. Amused. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Danny. Uh, let me get your opinion on something because I've been thinking about this this lately. Because you know, t over the years of my my radio career, there are people who love the show. There are people who hate me. You know that that's just how it is. And somebody said to me, and I wondered, God, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. But I'm not, and you're not. Even though I was born here, the all you know, the, you same situation. We're not like the average Minnesota people. And I think that pisses them off. It's like they, they well, he acts like he's from New York. It's, no, I act like I'm from North Minneapolis because that's how it was. It was all Catholics east of Lindale to the river. Mm -hmm. and from Lindale to Penn was all black. And Penn west to Theaterworth Parkway was all Jews. Yep. And then they wrapped the, 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 the freeway around us so we couldn't get out, if you remember that, like they did in Chicago and every other city. They built the free, freeways around the ghetto so the people in the ghetto couldn't get out. It was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it was great. But, yeah, I, I think the people who don't like me it, it is a fact, comes to the fact that, like you just did, I, I will talk about anything. I will not lie to people about this. This is how it actually happened. They don't like that. No, you know that there are people. keep it close to the. But vest. the thing is, you got to remember, you wouldn't have the ratings, like I no, said. No, you're right. You're and I'm going right. to bring one thing up that I talked to you about earlier. I'm getting on an airplane last Sunday, going to Las Vegas, and I go to the person with me. I said, "Hey, that's Wayne Newton over there," and he's been quiet. And they said, "No, it isn't. No, it isn't." So I walked over to the flight attendant taking the tickets. Is that Wayne Newton? No, that isn't, is it? So he sits down. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's not. So I... Because yeah, uh, he looks so much like anybody else. Yeah, right. Especially with the plastic surgery yeah, that he yeah. did get from you. He doesn't even look like Wayne Newton anymore. No, he and Barry Manilow. Yeah, yeah. Barry Manilow, same story. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Bad. They needed you. Yeah, they seek out other things. They yeah. seek but out other looks. But the thing is, I walked up to him and I go, Hi, Wayne. I met you a long time ago huh. through a friend of mine, Timothy D. Kerr. Timmy Kerr. And is you Timothy used to bring him out? Still? To, no, he died a while ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, about three years ago. Um, I'll tell you a great story about him at the end of your story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wonderful So story. I said, and he goes, yeah, I know, Tim. He says, where are you from? I said, Minneapolis. And he go, and I said, introduce this person to that person, da-da-da-da. He goes, is that Tom Bernard still there? He's got the number one radio show. And his wife says, like she was ready to say, I think we were on that show. But he knew the show. Yeah. And listened every day. Then he all of a sudden started talking to me and he said, Hey, I'll be at Bally's since you're going to be there. You want to be my guest? I said, I'm leaving uh, Thursday and I'll probably be eating a Snicker bar instead of turkey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Isn't that uh, weird, though, Danny? You look, at, you look at that kind of thing and you hear these stories. All I hear stories all the time from people. You go, Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, your name comes up. 
my name comes up to yep. you, things like you, you just didn't envision that when you're 25 years old, that, that all that stuff would end up going on. You know, so I met with Norm Coleman on Saturday and had lunch with him. Oh, super. And, you know, Norm's got cancer again, unfortunately, and, uh, and it's in his chest. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful lunch. Uh, yeah, he wants to live another 10 years. He said, if I can live 10 more years, I'd be happy, but I might go at any time. Who knows, right? It's, that's just how it is. And I said the same thing to him. I said, Norm, you know, i got to be honest with you. I've known you for 25 years. He was the mayor of St. Paul at the time when I met him. I met Norm Coleman because I went on the air and said, do you see this new douche that they got over at St. Paul as the mayor now? He's sitting at his, at his uh, desk. Uh, he's got a big cigar, and he's got his Armani suit, and a big shot, and blah, blah. About half hour later, there's a knock on the KQ door over in Golden Valley, and it's Norm Coleman. He goes, man, you don't know me at all. What are you talking about? I said, <laughs> I said come on on the air. We became friends, been friends ever since. I said, Norm, my life is I'm realizing now, looking back, that it's not normal at all, that I'm sitting here with a former U.S. senator. That should have never happened, you know? Exactly. I, I've talked to the president of the United States. How all, and you've been same situation. All these people, so you talk about Wayne Newton even knowing who the hell I am. Is it, That stuff amazes me. Well, they follow because they need people like you to be on their side. I understand. I understand. And uh, his wife... Uh, knew what we're talking about. She let him talk. She's a wife that runs the show. Okay. Uh, literally, meaning I think she's his attorney and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think she's been doing it for a oh, while. Oh, really? But she knew what I was talking about, and he was so congenial. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it's, it is great stuff. I remember the only time there was a little... I never met Johnny Carson, never talked to Johnny Carson, but I did know... That Wayne Newton showed up at the night show one day and threatened to beat the piss out of yes. Johnny Carson. Oh. Yes. So you know that story. Yeah. Is it like it over the frontier? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. They're going to buy the frontier. That's phenomenal you know that story. Well, what happened is how I heard about it is <laughs> Joe and I, we wanted. You can just get his mug shot in. No. <laughs> <laughs> just go to, no, no need. Go to the post office. Let's go to the post office. <laughs> so it's there. Um, what is uh, funny about it is that over Tom Jones, we wanted Wayne Newton. He right. had a TV show going big, yep. yeah. and he constantly had a crowd, whereas it depended on where t Tom Jones was playing. Mm. So, um, Yeah, Tom Jones, didn't he have a show? He had a show. He, oh, absolutely, he did. Yeah. Big yeah. show. They threw the underwear. Had a big show. But he's, no, he's they up threw underwear. But he, they Tom threw Jones him, yeah. had that persona, <laughs> and he was... Um, Coming into the country division, if you remember. Yep. I he was trying remember. to yep. do yep. do that, and I, I just didn't see the balance. Whereas Wayne Newton could have just sold albums over the counter. I agree, his, yeah. So. But it's all about money. When it, yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the things I love about this conversation is the fact that the power that, that Minnesota always has had, and people don't even know it. Yes. I mean, people do not know how power... Minnesota is one of the richest places in the United States. People don't... I mean, per capita. Mm -hmm. People don't know how much money there is here. They have no yes, idea sir. how much money And if you put your mind to it, you can make it. <clears throat> I agree. Money. If, yeah. you, if you put your... Get to work and put your mind to it, as Danny just said, anybody... Look, if I could make it... <laughs> yeah, but you have talent. You've got to give that. yourself more credit. I mean, I had nine... Let's see, there were nine of us, kids. And you had to fight for that peanut butter sandwich. 
<laughs> yeah, we had seven. We had seven. Same. But but it just shows what a great place Minnesota is, and Minneapolis is one way. So, as an example, today we were talking about the the most sinful places in America, and the most sinful place, of course, is Las Vegas. Not a shock there. And the least sinful is like Salt Lake City. No, no, someplace in Vermont, uh, West. Salt Lake City. Somewhere in Vermont. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I said, well, John, bring up bring up the uh, the map so I can see where Minneapolis, uh, you know, wanted to see where the Twin Cities came. I didn't say Minneapolis, St. Paul. I said the Twin Cities. It pops up and was color coded. Minneapolis, very sinful. St. Paul, very innocent. Sounds yeah. about right. I mean, you cross over the river. Yeah. People do not know that. Even people who live here, because Minneapolis people don't go to St. Paul, and St. Paul people don't go to Minneapolis. I've always gone back and forth. That's what you did, too. Mm-hmm. You went. You just went back and forth. It was great. St. Paul and Minneapolis have nothing in common. Yep. Wonderful places, nothing. both of them. Not even the way they dress or live. No. no. F. Right. F. Scott Fitzgerald said uh, St. Paul is the last eastern city. Minneapolis is the first western city. Phenomenal, phenomenal quote. I agree with you. That's phenomenal. And if you really look at the architecture, you look at the culture, you look at the the home structure, the streets, you look at where the cathedral, I mean, all those things. It is just, it's exactly right there. You can see the difference. Night and day. Well, when you can run into people that help you through your life or whatever, Um, when I was six, the name might ring a bell to you, Frankie Bedore. No. No. Jap Solson? No, I, I didn't grow up around here. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, okay. so he's coaster Pittsburgh. kind of. Kind of. Um, Frankie had the Traveling Cypress Gardens water ski show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And we used to practice on Cedar Lake. And he said to my dad, I want your kid to da-da-da. Well, he and my dad were friends because uh, my dad was uh, vice president of Pillsbury and in charge of printing. So people like Walter G. Anderson, Jap Solson, uh, Jansen and so on and so on um, would get the opportunity to do the cake boxes, the cereal, and on and on. But the deal was, if you got that, you had to buy your envelope <laughs> from Harvey McKay. Yeah. Oh yeah, McKay envelope. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was all at twelve or thirteen, and I go. My dad says, "I got a weekend job for you, and they'll pay you six dollars an hour." How many hours do I work? Eight. I went, ooh, but you got to work Saturday and Sunday. So I come strutting in there. Hi, Harvey, I'm Danny. He says, oh, start in that bathroom over there. And I go, what do you mean the bathroom? Well, you're cleaning my bathroom. Oh, thanks, Dad. I didn't tell you that. Thanks, Dad. I did say that when I got home. I said, you didn't tell me I had a clean bathroom. You said you wanted that much per money, and that's what he needed. Well, and you're six dollars an hour. It's pretty good, really. Well, I think he's doing it because my dad was sending everybody. Mm-hmm. Harvey. Yeah. You know, Harvey changed the bestseller list forever. That's another thing people don't Swim know. Swim with the sharks. Swim with the sharks. Uh, Harvey's people that worked for him bought a lot of his books. Which send it to the top of the bestseller uh, list. Oh. You can't do that anymore. They okay. Don't, they check all of it. Where'd all these books go? Who bought all these books? Yeah. <laughs> Harvey's a smart businessman. There's no doubt no, 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 about it. So. The only thing about Harvey, whenever he would talk to you, he would. If you're sitting at a, at a table, let's say you're at Charlie's, mm-hmm. Harvey would. McKay Envelope has been in business forever, and Harvey's been around forever, and he, he funded a lot of things. People know him in the state of Minnesota really well. But if you're sitting at a table, he would come over and stand up 
next to you, like literally right next to you, put his hands in his pockets and rock back and forth and talk to you. Remember that? Yes. He would rock, he'd stand there talking, he'd be doing this. Like, what the hell are you doing? Wow. It was unbelievable. Danny, this is unbelievable. What a great way to start the show today, just running into you in the hallway with Bob Sansevier. And I love it. How did you know Bob anyway? Uh, through Lee Hutt. Oh, who's oh, yeah, the yeah, attorney yeah. for all of it? Lee handles mm-hmm. my end of it with the First Avenue and that. Uh, handles uh, P. Diddy, J. Lo, and other. Right. Uh, I think okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. Tyga, uh, Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. and on and on. He's doing rather well. Yes. <laughs> he just goes very hey, smart. Yes. But you know, we haven't had a, uh, an entertainment attorney. He's also an athletic attorney, but yeah, for right, a long right. time in this city. No, we haven't. You're absolutely right. I, I'm. I'm Trying to figure out a way I could tell the listeners to close because we only have about a minute and a half left, but how I can tell a story about what you did at the Rusty Scuffer, which is very funny. You probably don't remember doing this. I don't remember. I get rid of those things real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Charlie, uh, two and a half men. What did I do yesterday? Okay, that's enough. (laughs) There was a big argument between a bunch of Minnesota Vikings who always were at the Rusty Scuffer back in those days. They They all. all hung out there Tommy Kramer and all of them, right? Yep. And a couple of the Vikings got in an argument about who had a bigger penis. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course they did. I'm standing there going, oh, God, really? Okay, that's, that's great. And he comes over. He goes, hey, Tommy, what's up? I said, uh, these guys are arguing about who has a bigger penis. And then he goes, oh, Christ. Unzips his pants and takes it. I was like, that? I was like, holy shit. Okay, Danny wins. Remember, do you yeah. remember that? Well, I'm trying to forget it. Because I said, <laughs> I said to him, because they're brothers, I said, not all brothers have it. Me and Milton Berle. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, you and Milton Berle. That's a good, what a great movie, man. And you have to understand, it wasn't a situation where any woman or child no, could have seen him. It was different. It was in a private area. It was so mostly it was, men that were hung out at that bar. Yeah, it was the, almost all men, yeah. Yeah. It was. But... Danny, honestly, got all the great jumping a, a Vega jumping a Rolls Royce to the day. What a great life, man! What a it's great, great nice life. It's been nice because of people like you. Oh, uh, because of people like you. I mean, honestly, got, I'm bringing this beautiful young woman. I said we're going to go to this, this party uh, over uh, on Mount Curve. She goes, "Oh, Mount Curve." She was rather <laughs> impressed with your house when we, <laughs> when we came in. The you were what? You were 22 at the time. Yeah, probably. That's a long time. Uh, yeah. And you look so time. young. There he is. <laughs> no. Not yet. Not yet. Dr. Vinnie Boobamba. <laughs> well, you helped me out with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, Rodney was great. Yeah, when Rodney he was at the Carlton. Yeah. Oh, the Carlton was phenomenal. Remember? Yep. What, oh, I can't tell you. Off the air, I'll tell you what he said. It was phenomenal because I can't say it. Because, see, I had him on my label. And that was the only gold record he got. So I called Tom right away because I knew Tom would know the radio people like, uh, what was it, KSTP, uh, what's his name, Nap and Donuts in them. Oh, yeah, Chuck Nap. Yeah, you were really close to those guys. Yeah, we still talk to Jan Nap, and, you know, we're not as often as we used to because our kids are grown now and everybody's, you know, sitting at home just waiting to die. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. But I have to say one thing about Donuts. He called me the night he got so drunk that he pushed... His wife out, yeah. you know what? <laughs> and I guy. said, "What happened?" Well, you can hide out here. He had to hide out for a while. Yeah, he didn't. He, did he, didn't he die in like a paraglider crash or some damn some, thing? Something really he, stupid. It was really weird how he died. Yeah. 
Too bad. He was a hell, nap and don't. Michael Douglas. Yep. Kid from uh, Western Wisconsin, actually, I think. Is where I think he lived there and had a little farm yep. or something yeah. like yeah, he that. Did. Yeah, he did. Well, well I have, want to thank you for oh, all God. these years of helping make me and my career. Yeah, well, yeah, you didn't... It, it, Knowing you wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me either, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you that. Thanks a lot, Danny. Thank you very much for having me. Thank Absolutely. you for your team. Thank you. For coming in. <laughs> nice to meet you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Oh.